Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and good morning, faithful listener, and happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast, and I hope you guys are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to discuss Numbers chapter 4 with me. This is the first time we're going to be in Numbers chapter 4, obviously, because we are moving into a new chapter of Numbers. So we are going to be discussing the Kohathites and what the Kohathites were and what they are supposed to do regarding the temple. And uh, the Kohathites, out of the three mini-tribes of the Levites, have the biggest responsibility. So we're going to start off with a bang by talking about the Kohathites' responsibility here. So grab your Bible. I'll be reading Numbers chapter 4, verses 1 through 20 out of the W.E.B. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Take a census of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi, by their families, by their fathers' houses, from 30 years old and upward, even until 50 years old, all who enter into the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the sons of Kohath in the tent of meeting regarding the most holy things. When the camp moves forward, Aaron shall go in with his sons and they shall take down the veil of the screen, cover the ark of the testimony with it and put a covering of sealskin on it, spread a blue cloth over it and put in its poles on the table of the showbread. They shall spread a blue cloth and put on the dishes, the spoons, the bowls and the cups with which to pour out and the continual bread shall be on it. They shall spread on them a scarlet cloth and cover it with a covering of sealskin and shall put in its poles. They shall take a blue cloth and cover the lampstand of the lights, its lamps, its snuffers, its snuff dishes, and its oil vessels with which they minister to it. They shall put it and all of its vessels within a covering of sealskin and shall put it on the frame. On the golden altar, they shall spread a blue cloth and cover it with a covering of sealskin and shall put in its poles." They shall take all the vessels of ministry with which they minister in the sanctuary and put them in a blue cloth, cover them with a covering of sealskin, and shall put them on the frame. They shall take away the ashes from the altar and spread a purple cloth on it. They shall put on all of its vessels with which they minister about it, the fire pans, the meat hooks, the shovels, and the basins, all the vessels of the altar, and shall spread on it a covering of sealskin and put in its poles. When Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furniture of the sanctuary, as the camp moves forward after that, the sons of Kohath shall come to carry it, but they shall not touch the sanctuary lest they die. The sons of Kohath shall carry these things belonging to the tent of meeting. The duty of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be the oil for the light, the sweet incense, the continual meal offering, and the anointing oil the requirements of all the tabernacle and of all that is in it, the sanctuary and its furnishings. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, don't cut off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, but do this to them that they may live and not die. When they approach the most holy things, Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint everyone to his service and to his burden, but they shall not go in to see the sanctuary even for a moment lest they die. So verses one through five, actually six, talk about how um, the first and foremost thing that God wanted the priests to do specifically for when the temple gets transported. You remember that the temple itself was actually um, able to be torn down 
and uh, carried from place to place, which is really cool because God took into consideration his people while making the temple. He wasn't just like, oh, you're going to build me like a fancy five-star resort out in the middle of the desert. He was like, okay, I can live in a tent for the time being. (laughs) So God was okay with living in a very nice tent, but still a tent. He, He wanted to come down to our level. So that's why he had his people make him a tent temple. A tentle. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that terrible joke. So anyway, the first thing that God wanted his people to do specifically for the priests was that the priests had to go in because they were the only ones allowed inside the tent. And it says specifically why. It was because if anybody else entered it, they would die. And it wasn't because God was mean. He was just going to strike people dead the second they entered the the tent. It was because God's presence is just so fantastic that people just like die in his presence. And that's why the priests had to take on this very serious responsibility of making sure that nobody entered into the temple, even to tear it down and take it somewhere, that nobody entered into it and uh, caused you know, a death because they just walked in and God's presence was there and they just died in his presence. Because that's what it says here. It says in verse, where is it? Yeah, right here in 15. It says that after that, the sons of Kohath shall come and carry it, but they shall not touch the sanctuary lest they die. So it's not like God is, you know, striking people dead from touching the sanctuary. At least I don't think that's the case here. I really think that it's more of the fact that people are so far away from God's presence that God's presence, and I've described it like this before, but for those of you who um, are new on the podcast, I will re-explain this. One thing I heard from the Bible Project maybe a few years ago now was they described God's presence as the sun, you know, our sun. Our sun is amazing. It shines its light on our planet. It warms us. We can't live without it. Like we desperately need it. But if we get too close to the sun, we burn up and die. So that's kind of how the Bible Project described God's presence. It's like the sun. We can't get too close to it or we'll die. And it's not because the sun is trying to kill us. It's because the sun is just very powerful. It's so powerful that if we get too close, it burns us up. So that's kind of the same thing here. God's presence is just so fantastic that if somebody just, you know, comes and touches it, they just die. So the priests had to be set apart. They had to be different so that they could handle being in God's presence. It was a very rigorous kind of task, honestly, to be a priest and be able to handle God's presence like up close and personal. So that's why the priests had to go in and cover all the stuff that God considered to be holy, which was everything inside the temple. You know, they had to cover the Ark of the Covenant and take down the screen between the uh, holy place and the most holy place. They'd have to take that down. I would guess that God's like main presence would be out of the tabernacle during this point uh, when they're taking it down. I think he would have to be. But I mean, uh, God is everywhere. (laughs) So it's just something that I can't really wrap my mind around. 
because God is everywhere, but yet he can remove his presence from certain places. So yeah, it, it, it to me, it's, it's just something that is so beyond me. I can't wrap my head around uh, God's presence, really. It's just, it's a fantastic thing. It's just so fantastic. And uh, it's so beyond me. But anyway, the duty of the priests and the high priest, Aaron, was to go in and cover all of this stuff and take very, very good care of it. It was, they're supposed to cover this stuff in leather and most of the stuff also in a blue cloth that was made specifically for this. So the leather would be, you know, draped over whatever furniture was inside the temple. And then the blue cloth would be draped over that. Then the poles would go in because the people shouldn't touch it with their bare hands. They had to carry it with the poles. And that was for every single thing that was inside the tabernacle, except for the lamp, I believe, did not have poles. I think the lamp was able to be technically touched, but even so, they weren't supposed to touch it with their bare hands. It had to have that blue cloth over it. So all of this stuff would have to be transported very respectfully, very carefully, and it was a burden. Actually, God says that word. He says, this is a burden. He says um, in verse 19, Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint everyone to his service and to his burden. So yeah, this was a burden to carry this stuff from place to place to place. Even though it was doable, it was still a burden. But what a fantastic burden it was. And this kind of reminds me of the verse where Jesus says, that anybody that wants to come and follow him has to take up their cross. And we know that crosses back in Jesus's day were like 50 to 100 pounds, I think is uh, what I did, what the research was when I originally did that. I think it was like 50 to 100 pounds was the, the cross beam that Jesus would have to carry. And anybody else that was going to die on a cross would have to carry this beam. It was a burden to carry that. But yet Jesus tells us, his followers, to have that burden, to take up that cross and to follow Jesus. You know, life here on earth is not easy. We've made it very difficult because of the sin nature. We've made it extremely difficult. And because of that, following God is not easy. And it's not going to always be easy. And that's just kind of a correlation here back in Leviticus of how following God is not always easy, but it's worth it in the end. And a lot of the Old Testament, God would have his people do physical things in order to prove a point. Not so much in the New Testament, but a lot in the Old Testament, God had his people do specific things physical things to prove a point to them. And I think that's one of the points that uh, God is trying to prove here is that they needed to take up this burden and follow him. So it's just kind of an interesting correlation here. So after the priests were done covering all of the uh, tabernacle furniture with everything, with the leather and then with the blue cloth, the sons of Kohath from the ages of 30 to 50 would be the ones to carry the furniture from place to place and to take care of it and, uh, you know, just to treat it very respectfully. This was the stuff of God. This is where God's presence was. So they needed to make sure that they were being very respectful of that, that temple furniture. Now, this kind of reminds me of an episode I did a few months back when I was, uh, I think it was in the book of Exodus, when I had a young man, Casey Freeman, on my podcast episode, and we talked about 
God's temple and how the people were building it. And it had to be built with, you know, all this beautiful stuff. You know, the temple was gorgeous. It had gold and silver and all sorts of uh, precious metals and beautiful cloths, all sorts of stuff. Like the temple was gorgeous. And there was so much care being put into building God's temple. But yet you and I nowadays are God's temple. It says in the Bible that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Back in these days, the Holy Spirit lived in this physical temple, but now he lives inside of us. So we are the temple. So we need to be taking care of the temple of God, our bodies, where we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I mean, what an honor to have the Holy Spirit come and live in in us. I mean, think about that. You know, the Holy Spirit back in these days, did not live in people. What an honor and a blessing that you and I have access to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us now. Like that's, that's something that we should be so thankful for. And also making sure that we're being careful of how we treat our bodies. So I think that's another thing that we can really take away from this is looking at the care that the people would put into the temple back in these days, it's the same amount of care that we really should be showing our own temples now because we need to treat the Holy Spirit with the respect that he deserves. And so our temples need to be a good place for him to come and reside, I suppose. And that's another thing. I mean, I'm just, verses are just popping into my head right now. But when Jesus was talking about demonic spirits, I think in uh, Matthew, he was saying that, A person can sweep their bodies clean, but there's nothing inside. The Holy Spirit isn't residing there. So instead, an evil spirit can come in. So we need to make sure that we are taking good care of our temples, not just sweeping them clean and and trying to uh, get ahead in the world and, you know, trying to achieve whatever we want to achieve. We need to also be focusing in on how do we make this a comfortable place for the Holy Spirit to come and reside, I suppose. It's just an interesting uh, thought to me. How do we make the Holy Spirit comfortable? Because we, we can't just think of our bodies as our own because they're not our own. They belong to God once we become Christians. It says here to conclude that the Kohathites... Uh, you know, the from the ages of 30 to 50, and they had to be men, they would go and carry the temple furniture. And it was a huge job. And it was something that was probably really looked on as being a very honorable position of being able to carry the Ark of the Covenant. I'm sure that the Kohathites were very excited that they got that role because what an honorable position to be able to carry all that stuff. But it was only reserved for a certain set of people, men between the ages of 30 and 50. Because typically that is considered to be the strongest time of a man's life. And uh, beforehand, they actually say that um, from the age of 25, a man could go, who was a Kohathite, go and start learning from the priests. But he was not able to um, carry the stuff until he turned 30 years old. So he could go and he could learn how to do it and he could be an intern. But then once he turned 30, he was given the honor of being able 
to carry the temple furniture. To conclude, it says that the duty of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be the oil for the light, the sweet incense, the continual meal offering, and the anointing oil, the requirements of the tabernacle, and all that is in it, the sanctuary and its furnishings. So basically, Eliezer, Aaron's son, was to oversee the Kohathites in doing all this stuff, oversee them and make sure that they were doing it properly. And then in verse 17 through 20, God says to Moses and Aaron, he says, don't cut off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, but do this to them that they may live and not die. Because don't forget, God's presence is huge and crazy above us. He says, when they approach the most holy things, Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint everyone to his service and to his burden. So he says, Make sure that you guys oversee everything so that no mistakes are made and that one of the Levites don't accidentally touch one of the, uh, you know, the Ark of the Covenant or something like that so that they don't accidentally touch it. Make sure you go in as the leader and tell people what they are supposed to be doing. There needs to be order. There needs to be organization here so that a person does not go in and accidentally do something that causes them to die in God's presence. So he's putting a very big responsibility on Aaron and Aaron's sons by saying, basically, the life of the Levites are in your hands. So take good care of them is what he's telling Aaron and his sons. And once again, isn't that so true for our preachers nowadays? Like our, our physical lives are not exactly in their hands, but they do have a role in our spiritual lives. They certainly do. And I mean, the Holy Spirit, I believe, uh, works in everybody. And he's ultimately the one that um, helps us gain salvation. Obviously, he is the only one that helps us gain salvation. But pastors are they have a very important role in helping the common people like you and me gain salvation and understanding so that we can uh, live and not die, basically. And God has appointed the the preachers in our, our days nowadays, I guess, to do a similar role as to the priests. Back in these days, they're supposed to shepherd the flocks and take care of them. And in the end, God's going to judge if those preachers did a good job or not. But yeah, so this was Numbers chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, talking about the role of the Kohathites carrying the temple articles. And I mean, so many correlations to nowadays and to the New Testament, for sure. You know, the, the more I read the Bible, I just see how um, in line with each other they both are. Like, they're just so in line with each other. But I never really realized how much they're in line with each other, I suppose. But it's, it's just very interesting to me. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet and share it on your social media platforms or just tell somebody that the Bible Explained podcast exists. And that's an awesome way that you can uh, spread the word to your friends and family members because we're talking about the Bible here. That's all we're talking about. And so talking about the Bible Explained podcast is an excellent way for you to uh, minister to your friends and family members. But anyway, faithful listeners, thank you once again for tuning into this episode. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless. Oh.